0: A poet,
1: writer, advocate, and activist, Yvette Modestine is someone you should know, if only because she's been listed as one of the 30 Afro-Latinas you should know. Internationally respected for her powerful voice and unshakable authenticity, I had the privilege to sit with Yvette as we discussed purpose, missions based in love, blackness, and of course, hair. My name is Jake Cottle, and this Is Yvette's Lab. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dexter's Lab. I'm here with Yvette Modestine for Yvette's Lab, and I am so, 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 so excited for this conversation. Yvette, I don't know if you know this, you're one of my favorite grantees. Oh, thank you. And I'm really excited for folks to hear today's conversation. So, First and foremost, in whatever way makes most sense to you, tell me about yourself. Mm.
0: Tell me about myself. That could go in so many different directions, but as as it relates to this project and the idea of this project, Mm -hmm. myself is this Black immigrant Panamanian woman who in the journey of grounding herself in her blackness, Hmm. in the love of her blackness, the love of her skin, the love of her history came with the love of her hair. Hmm. And my relationship with my hair has always been a loving relationship because the relationship with my blackness Mm-hmm. And my identity as a black Panamanian woman has been a place of love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what shook that up mm-hmm. was in the journey of an as an activist mm-hmm. raising the voices of Black, Latina, Afro-Latina people of African descent from Latin America and the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Found that the denial, the mm. internal racism,
1: mm-hmm.
0: went to the hair.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in you know, founding my organization, Encuentro Diaspora Afro, and doing trainings, and a simple question of walk across the room if you love your hair, mm. and no one moving. Mm and then having to walk over and say, well, why didn't you move? Mm -hmm. Because we would give the person the option, stay if it's no, go to the middle if it's maybe, and Mm -hmm. walk across if it's yes. Mm -hmm. And the hair piece became these very tear jerking, Mm -hmm. emotional moments of people not moving because their stories with their hair were very negative, it Mm -hmm. was. My mom processed my hair early because she couldn't handle it. Right. Um, I don't feel comfortable when it's curly and nappy. I feel better when it's blown out and straight. Mm. Men saying, you know, my, I would go to the barber to keep it as low as possible, so mm. my curls and my kinks wouldn't show. Mhm. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, the denial, the racism, Mm -hmm. the colonialism that exists in the world and in this country specific, where I'm doing this work, um, hair is an extension um, of the issue. Mm -hmm. And my self-determination to be, In my full blackness Mm -hmm. um, came with bringing the hair issue to the forefront.
1: Beautiful. Um, I'm I'm taking notes and there are already so many jumps here. (laughs) And your work, it's so interesting because I think sometimes we like to delineate between like, the creative and the artistic practice and the professional quote, professional or like nine to five. But I feel like you more than a lot of artists, um, even that we've spoken to on this podcast, your, the work that could be considered separate really feels similar to me. And so much of your work is about activism, is about communities, is about empowerment. So do you feel a separation or do you feel like it's all connected?
0: Not at all. And most importantly, it's about love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's about loving who we are as a people as a black people as a people of African descent Mm -hmm. um and I'm wherever there is a space to say I'm black and I'm proud Mm -hmm. I'm in it (laughs) I'm in it Mm -hmm. I'm coming at you in Spanish English Mm -hmm. with my little bit of French Mm. um and there's no separation. So my work as a community organizer with Cotton Square in D.C. is to create a space for the community to speak their truth mm-hmm. and build our base. Mm-hmm. And Encuentro and de Diaspora Afro is about creating a space for us to stand in our complete self and unmasking, mm. you know, um, all of, you know, and, and, and showing up as all of who we are. Mm-hmm. And yes, Latin America is about the mixture of indigenous and European and African which I also have Mm -hmm. but our blackness has been defining our experience Mm -hmm. um and placing that at the center Mm -hmm. Um, and my you know I when I was just recently home uh mm-hmm. for my father's send off um may he rest in light and peace felix modestin mm-hmm. who recently transitioned i you know one of my favorite things to do is to sit in my room and pull out my old journals mm-hmm. and and stuff and i've been writing about this mm-hmm. you know so my creativity also comes from a place of love and mm-hmm. self determination and mm-hmm. expression um so, and I learned early on that in this conversation, some people can hear it through a training. Mm-hmm. Some, people mm-hmm. through a mm-hmm. uh, some people can hear it through a song. Some people can hear it through um, a march or recognize it through a march, but, and some people can hear it through a poem. Mm-hmm. And some people can hear it through a song um so it wasn't it's not a separate thing is where do we need to come in and in what style do we need to come in to have the same conversation because I don't feel that the hair story project Mm. is any different than what Encuentro Diaspora Afro does or Mm. what my role in the my as a community organizer at Cadman Square in D.C. does, mm-hmm. and what my role in my international work as the diaspora coordinator of the Red de Mujeres Afro, mm-hmm. it's a continuum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just every space come at comes at it in a different way.
1: A different perspective, right?
0: Different perspective, yeah. So,
1: and this is going to be presumptuous of me, so you can tell mm-hmm. me if this is not true, but I mean. So my work at Dunamis is a lot of working with these folks who are emergent um, in their careers. And so much of that um, is really helping them find who they are, what they want to be what their purposes. You seem like somebody who was functioning very deeply and completely in your mission and your purpose. One, would you agree? And two, what does that feel like to feel like you are on this earth doing what you were put on this earth to do?
0: that makes me tear up mm-hmm. it wasn't my plan mm-hmm. um they handed it to me and I mm-hmm. took it mm-hmm. um and I'm an extension of those whose shoulders I stand on mm-hmm. um and I am here to continue to raise that voice um, This, yeah, I didn't, you know, if someone would have said, that you would be known as a poet and a writer, and the the level of gifts um, and awards that have come with it, I, I, that was not my plan. That's, Mm. that is not my plan. Mm. That's just been some wonderful high moments Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. the journey. My greatest plan is that we rise up. Mm. Um in love with who we are as a people and, and humanize mm. ourselves because we are so dehumanized mm. um, as black people. So I'm very clear on who I am. I think mm. what the project has done is allowed me to tap into a, uh, a deeper creative way Mm -hmm. of expressing that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and my poetry who I that I kept very private um in many ways Mm -hmm. um I'm making public
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um but uh so this is a, another reach for me to do mm. it. You know, when I started the organization, I knew nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> about starting an organization. All yep. I know is that I had a two day conference and I saw people going, Oh my gosh, this is my first time having this conversation and it mm. feels good. And then I walked away going, Oh, we need to create a space.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I knew nothing, you know, I know nothing about putting on a production, uh, you know. Um, that's why it's been wonderful to collaborate with Anna, who, mm-hmm. you know, is the founder of Yo Soy Lola, and she has that. So we've been able to balance out both our expertise mm-hmm. um, to to pull this project out. You know, mm-hmm. this project is truly a collaboration mm-hmm. with us because, you know, the writing, the production, the movement—we've—we've been—we, Anna and I have been able to bring both our expertise as as uh, activists, as as performers, as writers—you mm-hmm. know—to come together, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, I the activists is showing, you know. The activist is a part of the hair story project, mm-hmm. you know, just as much as the artist. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think of one of my inspirations to this, or this the project idea came originally two years ago when I did a small uh, curated piece called La Corona, Messages from Our Hair for Yo Soy Lola Dura production. And that, was inspired by talking to a dear friend about hair and the hair stories and in my early stages of my locks and him introducing me to the book, Cornrows Hmm. by Camille Yarbrough and going, that's it. And, you know, using that book as uh, an inspiration, as a launch Mm -hmm. to engage in the conversation. Um, And then once again, realizing, oh my gosh, you know, inviting other women to share their stories and going, and then in that piece, we had left two chairs open um, for folks that were attending Mm -hmm. that night to come to the front and share the stories. And we literally had to like pick because mm-hmm. everybody was raising their mm-hmm. hand like I have a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Anna and I going, oh, you know, when the live arts piece came up, she was like, maybe this is an opportunity for us to expand, mm-hmm. um, you know, what we started, you know, what was started um, in, uh, in La Corona. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is as much, you know, in you in thinking about the book Cornrows and in thinking about the journey, it is about the uplifting. It is about blackness rising. It is about the grounding. It is mm-hmm. about the messages from our hair, from our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could read a piece that she mm-hmm. writes In, in you know that I had put into La Corona, the Mm. original Mm -hmm. inspiration to the Hair Story Project, and Camille uh, Nana Camille Yarbroughs in the book Cormor. She writes, "There is spirit that lives inside of you. It keeps on growing. It never dies. Sometimes you're afraid it trembles, and sometimes when you're hurt and ready to give it up, it barely flickers." but it keeps growing, it never dies. Now, long, long time ago in the land called Africa, our ancient people worked through that spirit to give life meaning and to give praise. And through their spirit gave form of of symbols of courage and honor and wisdom and love and strength. Symbols which live live forever just to give praise. Mm. So, you know, there is that element you know, she talks about if you're quiet, you can still hear the royal rhythms. Mm-hmm. Um, and my lock journey mm-hmm. was that I felt even as clear as I was in my mm-hmm. Africanness, mm-hmm. what I learned in my because I've all you know, I've had my hair uh natural most of my life, mm-hmm. um, but lock Take you through the most decolonizing process, you know, mm-hmm. I think, because I even had to go through another layer mm-hmm. in my lock journey, you know, because we get told that that early stage that the locks are an ugly stage. I don't, you know, I was saying this to one of our artists. I don't call it as an ugly stage. I call it as an absolutely shedding stage Mm. because there were days when in those early stages of the locks, you realize how beauty has been defined. Sure. And it challenges you to embrace your natural beauty on a whole nother level. Because there were days that my front lock was like, I am not (laughs) staying down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do my own thing. Let (laughs) me be. And I was like, can you go away? Let me pin it down. Let me wrap it. Mm -hmm. And my lock was like, no, Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. that's not what this is about.
1: I have a curl like that. The little, you know,
0: like curl. that front lock was like, yeah, I'm going wherever I want to go. Like mm-hmm. my relationship with that lock was, you know, it was like, who's who's in charge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, I don't, you know, I think it's just one of the same.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and it's one of the same because people of African descent, Black people, have had intimate relationships with the earth, with nature, Mm -hmm. with land. Mm -hmm. And the locks, my locks have taken me into a deeper relationship with nature. How I see a flower, Mm -hmm. how I see a plant growing is actually how I see my hair. Wow, wow.
1: I want to cycle back a little bit because I don't want Mm -hmm. to lose this thread. You said something really powerful, I think, about how you saw a need and you saw that something was resonating. And even if you didn't feel like you had all the tools to like, know how to go about it how to build an org how to do the production I piece.
0: knew nothing
1: <laughs> you still did it and I feel yes. like there are so many people who go and I struggled with this too and I was just like okay I've I've been trained as such and such and such and such I've never been trained uh to run an organization and so I was so afraid that if I were to fail not only would I be failing that institution I'd be failing this idea I'd be failing the need that I saw So
0: Mm -hmm. how did you work through that? Did you struggle with that even? I'm still working through that. that. Mm -hmm. I'm still working through that. I'm still struggling through that because Mm -hmm. I don't feel that the organization has to fit the standard European Mm -hmm. colonized capitalist perspective
1: Absolutely.
0: organization. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure Encuentro should be bigger and brighter and have more money. But my whole thing is, it's not about that. Yeah. It was about the conversation, the space. Mm. Um, so I'm still learning how to balance something that I feel very earthly about, very mm. grounding about, and how it's perceived in, in this capitalistic way of how an organization is supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm still, you know, I still know my North Star mm. and my purpose is very clear. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to figure out how to fit it into this capitalist way that I think sometimes dilutes it.
1: Mm. It's a whole sermon, a whole sermon. So let's backtrack (laughs) even more um, because we haven't even gotten to the creativity questions yet, right? So (laughs) how did you find your art form in writing? How did that come about? Who introduced you to it? And what has that
0: journey been like? I don't even, yeah, like, I've also, I've always been expressive, mm-hmm. you know, so how I dress is an expression.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's an art form for me. Mm-hmm. How I write is an art form for me. Mm-hmm. Um, how I speak is an mm-hmm. art form for me. Mm-hmm. I came, I come from a community that was very expressive
1: mm-hmm.
0: in their love for the things that they loved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is within itself, I realize over time, an art form.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I it took me a while to even say I'm a poet because mm-hmm. I'm not a trained poet,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I sat at the feet of poets like As-Kia-Toré, Askia Torre, Askia. Yeah, Toure, um, who is one of the founders of the Black Arts Movement, who's a mm. baba and a mentor. Mm. I shared space with Sonia Sanchez. I read Maya Angelou. Mm. I re- read Toni Morrison. Mm. My first, my English teacher um, in my integrated Jim Crow community white predominantly you know school in Ta mm-hmm. introduced me to Alice Walker hmm. um, Mrs. Hoff, Beverly Hoffman. Um, so I'm still learning I'm not a, am still I'm still learning to be a poet. I'm still learning to be an artist. I'm not hmm. sure if I've landed where, I can say I'm a real poet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I think about the project and how um, part of my inspirations is the MCs, the mm-hmm. rappers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I've come across um, both from afar mm-hmm. as a young girl, you know, in Panama listening to you know, Rapper's Delight, <laughs> cool okay. mm-hmm. you know, I'm aging myself, LL Cool J, Nas, mm-hmm. Jay-Z, like, mm-hmm. literally, like, you know, my ultimate Queen Latifah, like, mm-hmm. that spoke to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and wanting to connect to that kind of expression in some shape or form, yeah. push to start writing poetry. Mm-hmm. Um And I think the project has allowed me to come a little closer to my closet MC. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> You've been very excited about that, so yes
0: Yes. I yes. So <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if I've done it justice, but, you know, I'm not looking for perfection either. Sure, you know, sure. I think everybody expresses themselves in different ways. and mm-hmm. I, you know, Daddy always said, as long as you're speaking your truth, there's nothing to fear about. So my poetry mm. is my truth. My expression mm. is my truth. Mm-hmm. So it may land on folks in one way and it may land on, you know, it may not It may not land on folks at all. Mm. Mm. But I'm not worried about that, but it did land well on me.
1: <laughs> and that's what's most important, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, let's talk about the Hair Story Project. So that's your lab-funded project. What is that? Uh, how is it coming together? What should people be excited for
0: and buy? I mean, the Hair Story Project was an idea, a collaboration with Ana Masakote and myself. And it, it's a space to have Black and Latinx artists to tell their stories mm-hmm. because our hair has been policed. hmm you know, for most of our lives to yep. the point that we change our textures, we cut it, we let it grow, we mm-hmm. hide it mm-hmm. because society has told us that this is not beautiful, mm-hmm. this is not professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the hair story is. We, it, it, it's a space for us to say we are, these are the messages from our ancestors. You've disrupted that message and we're reconnecting to that message, and mm-hmm. we're saying we're here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that is the core of the hair story project, um, mm-hmm. and it is—it's just a, an extension of also saying hair is political,
1: mm-hmm. you know, because
0: when you think about the Crown Act, yep. and you know, the Crown Act is about allowing natural hair and folks with natural hair to be able to go to work and not feel policed and not feel excluded. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that branch of it and then there's the expressive part of it. So that is the the hair story project is I just wanna be able to be free in my, like your your piece, you're part of the project. Mm -hmm. And one of the lines that you share is you remember the first time you saw your hair move Mm. and about how that is a completion, how Mm. that completes us. Mm. But for many people, we're not moving complete. We're not Mm. moving in our full self because we have to hide Mm. our hair. And from a spiritual perspective, as a Ifa practitioner, Yoruba practitioner, When you talk about your head, your crown, it's your Ori. Mm. And your Ori guides you. Mm. So what happens when we are not fully moving in Mm. our Ori's natural, spiritual, uplifting form? We're not moving Mm -hmm. fully to receive the messages and and move it as ourselves.
1: Mm. Mm. That's powerful. So, I mean, related to that, you know, I... When we had first discussed your project i was saying how much of it you know was resonating with me and mm-hmm. for me so much of of my entry point into this story has been the women in my life it's been my mother going mm-hmm. on her own journey and a lot of my friends and so i'm wondering have you seen a difference between the stories between men in their hair and women in their hair and do you think maybe and the society that we're moving towards, which is an, an, an encouraging men to be more open about these kinds of things, do you feel like we're in a moment now where they can be more open about this experience as opposed to 10, 15, 20 years ago? How do you feel about that?
0: I think we're still struggling. You know, women are still struggling with that story. Women are still struggling with what is accepted, you know. When I think about um, the women in the project um, or women that we've approached from the project or women that have shared their story that is on our IG page, mm-hmm. it's still an ongoing journey. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about the project is that the men, you, mm-hmm. the men that are in the project are coming just as are coming with their stories mm-hmm. and 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 their hair stories have uplifted and disrupted Mm. them just Mm. equally as much as women.
1: Mm.
0: There is not a man in this project that doesn't speak to not only just being policed in here, but how that polices his whole complete self as a Black man. Mm. Wow. You know, so that has been an absolute eye-opening joyous grounding is that there's no separation Mm -mm. between a man's self-expression, self-determination to have his hair in however he wants it Mm -hmm. and a woman's. Mm -hmm. The the, the thing is society may not see it as an equal. Sure. But what I see and what I hope people will see is that it is an equal. Mm Um, Men have lost jobs, Mm. have been stopped by police Mm -hmm. um, because of their hair. Mm -hmm. And women have lost jobs, have been called names, have been stigmatized because Mm -hmm. of their hair. Mm -hmm. Like when I started my locks, you know, like I literally had folks that I know that were like, because my loss was a spiritual decision and it is connected to thinking of the, the thinking of a Rastafarian, mm-hmm. of, of, of being fully embracing my Africanness, mm. right? Um, so people's association and stigmas about Rasta mm. is very negative. So mm. I, people be like, Are you gonna wash it? I'm like, What? Like their idea is that rastas don't wash their hair. And it's okay. like, or oh, are you going to be smoking weed all the time? I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Being a Rastafari is more than that. And, you know, mm-hmm. like now, even in my long journey, becoming the ambassador for the Rastafari Alliance of Panama mm-hmm. um, is so affirming to me, mm-hmm. you know. Be- and it wasn't, I could be that with or without my locks.
1: hmm
0: you know, I just happen to have my lots, yeah. but with or without my locks, I am very clear in my African identity.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So in the last like 10 minutes we have now, mm-hmm. we're going to do this deep dive into creativity. So what does creativity mean to you?
0: An expression of love. Hmm. which has been tough to do when you're pulling a production together and there's all this work yeah to be done yeah so I've been in fights with myself hmm. because my creative light sits very deeply in as a point of entry is love hmm. and having to balance keeping and creating from that place and then doing all this sort of organizing, administrative, capitalistic things. (laughs) Um, So that's been a challenge. That's been a reach for me to learn how to, you know, be in production, Mm -hmm. pulling production together while being creative Mm -hmm. because I, you know, I don't fight in my creative space. I fight in all my other spaces. I'm in a constant fight mode as an advocate and an activist, as a presenter. Mm -hmm. And then when my writing, I'm not fighting because I'm just writing what I want to write and saying what I want to say. So it's been a, a challenge to find the balance to do that creative piece yeah. and then having to do all this stuff that's needed for the creative piece to happen.
1: Sure. And not to mention feeling like you're all doing that in one physical space, not even exactly. having space to um, put one part of it over there, another part of it over here. And then mm-hmm. also I wonder for you, if this isolation even from people and their energies have affected that as well.
0: Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. My, my, the inspiration to the story and the space comes from the people in my life, mm. the men and women, the men in my life, my father,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the men, um, just as much as the women. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, even I, like, I, I, I'm now pulling together the narration part of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was struggling to even write it, but now that we have filmed most of the acts mm. while watching the filming, the mm. words started to come to me because mm-hmm. I was seeing people. I mm. saw it. Mm. One of the things about being able to even write my piece was that I wasn't seeing it because mm. we were so in this administrative, mm-hmm. you know, needing to do these, you know, business things that mm-hmm my creative light couldn't come out in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it finally came out by me removing, like taking a day where I wasn't doing anything administrative about the project mm-hmm. to then write. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what's happening now for the narration is that now that it, we've filmed most of the production and, and seeing the, seeing it mm-hmm. now, I can use that energy to write.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're talking a little bit about how the, the admin production piece kind of infringes on the creative piece of your work and how difficult mm-hmm. that can be. What about the opposite? Do you find that your creativity and that place of love, um, how does that take shape in the other aspects of your work? It's,
0: it's, it, is, it is how I show up in my work. Hmm. Um, so when that is not received, um, it becomes a struggle for me, hmm. a real struggle for me. <laughs> hmm.
1: And do you find in those different spaces that they're kind of different expectations about what to receive? And so with artists, there is this kind of like, yeah, we're vibing, we're feeling, all that's always perfect, but then and these other spaces, because part of why you and I bonded was because um, there was overlap in our non artistic work mm-hmm. around this. And I found that, yeah, as the lone artist in the room, sometimes I'm just like trying to do a thing that's not received well or is confusing and it, it, it like puts me off and confuses me. Mm-hmm. So, how, how has that
0: been? That's been a struggle because you, the, the, yeah, my, my poetry comes from this very relaxed, mm. grounding, suave, mm-hmm. um, non-confrontational. How I write it may become that, mm-hmm. but how I go into it sure. is very soft mm-hmm. and very easy. Mm-hmm. And then what happens when the pen meets the paper. Like one of mm-hmm. my pieces for the project is called holding white supremacy responsible is mm-hmm. a whole nother you know what mm-hmm. shows up is a whole nother thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, versus um, you know the administrative the 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 you know the the business part of this is very mm-hmm. boom 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 you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: very specific.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, very standard mm-hmm. um and very the norm right and i'm not the norm Amen. so when i have to be so norm and so standard yeah mm-hmm. I have to i have to check
1: mm-hmm.
0: i have to switch
1: mm-hmm.
0: i have to put oh. on another mask hmm. Hmm.
1: You get into a whole other conversation. That is a, a whole other conversation. Uh, the masks we wear in order to show up in mm-hmm. the work—that's important. I mean,
0: I mean, literally, because I'm in so many places. I feel like I have—I get to a door, and I'm like, switch. Let me yeah. go in as this person. Switch. Yeah. Let me come out as this person. Switch. Yeah. You know.
1: And there's still a core truth. I don't think it's not you being authentic. It's just so much of the how um, mm-hmm. is what I to change. What needs
0: in each space, too. I mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. tell you, whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just a few more questions. Um, when you are writing, and this is really interesting to me, you're talking about how you come into it, and coming into it is this easy, grounded relaxed place, even if the work that's created um, can become harder or angrier. But I'm wondering, what does the zone feel like? One, do you feel like you have a zone? Um, Some people say it's like a hum or everything drops away or like it's all spilling out and I'm just trying to catch up with it. Do you have that kind of feeling and what does that look like for you?
0: I'm a morning person. Mm Um, So I do better when it's uninterrupted time. Mm. So my mornings start early with my altar time, my ancestor time, my grounding time. Mm -hmm. And oh, that's a sweet time to write. Mm. On a walk, some Mm -hmm. of my best writing and poetry has come from walking um, and running. I love to run. Um, but I'm recovering.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So I haven't been able to run, Mm -hmm. but I have found such joy, joy Mm. in walking Mm. and slowing it down and Mm. looking at the tree while I'm walking or seeing the snow while I'm walking or smelling the air while I'm walking or looking at the river while I'm walking. And some of my best writing has come out of that. So is it that
1: like you're entering this kind of Zen state when that happens? And when you come mm-hmm. back, you all write it down? Or are you literally oh, no, your I'm writing your phone while and, I'm moving? I'm, writing as, okay. I
0: literally have gone to a place where I figured out that I can record what I'm thinking when I'm walking on my phone. Mm. Oh, I will stop and write that sentence that mm. comes to me. And if it's coming to me two or three times, mm. then that says, Yvette, write it down. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Write it down. Powerful. Um, And also from conversations. I have some beautiful people in my circle. Mm. that a conversation with them can take me to a place where I will write like nobody's business. Wow. A song takes me to a good place. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, one of my... um, one of my opening poems um, for the, the, my part of the, the project, my mm-hmm. piece of the project
1: mm-hmm.
0: is called Black Spirit. Mm-hmm. And my closing line is Black Spirit is, is love reminding me I am never alone. Mm-hmm. So I... I've learned to slow things down and pause to listen to the whispers. And that may come with a song, a walk, a run, time with those I love and care for very deeply. Mm -hmm. Um, And then take it from there. You know, and I also, you know, I paint. I'm not a Mm -hmm. painter. Mm -hmm. But my artistic energy also has led me, you know, I was a communication arts minor in undergrad, Mm. you know. um, So, you know, one of the pieces that inspired when at the beginning of the year and thinking about the hair story project and where I am in my life, I painted a piece Mm. um, that has now felt like this was me painting the hair story project.
1: So it sounds like you are a painter.
0: Yes, no, because I don't think, you know, like it's not something I would show to too many people publicly. But listen, I know did it's, you not? You mine. told me right here
1: during this conversation <laughs> that it's all about telling the truth to yourself. So it <laughs> sounds to
0: me, yes.
1: you're a painter. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. So, you know, another way of expression, I mean, have an idea and paint it, mm-hmm. and that, that brings words.
1: Mm. That's interesting. <laughs> using another medium to get Mm -hmm, to get to the word yeah that's 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 super interesting so last question this is called dexter's lab today's episode is Yvette's Lab. -hmm. and so if you had a laboratory where you could do your most creative work and you had unlimited money you could bend the rules and the laws of physics um what would your lab look
0: like for starters i would be close to water. Mm. I wouldn't be in a closed space. I would be close to water as a child of the ocean and the river. Mm -hmm. Um, Sun. A pen and a paper. I tell you. And then I'll take it from there. Yeah. I've been been
1: struck by how like, no one's been like, I want a teleporter machine and, like, space. It's it's usually been something natural um, for a lot of people, something that invites space for collaboration. And it just goes to show, I feel, that, you know, resourcing artists isn't a crazy hard thing to do. I think a lot of mm-hmm. us are just asking, like, stability in terms of, like, living. <laughs> and once mm-hmm. we have that, we're good to go. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you for today's conversation. This was so great. Um, I feel like I got to learn even more about you. Um, (laughs) And I just, I think people are going to really enjoy this conversation.
0: Mm, I hope so. You know, because this is, you know, we're talking about the project, but this is bigger than the project.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: The project just happens to be part of the journey.
1: 100%.
0: But the journey is, bigger
1: yeah and wonderful to behold yes
0: yes awesome
1: well thank you so much again and everyone i hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as i did (laughs) dexter's lab is made possible by a partnership between the boston foundation and dunamis To learn more about the Boston Foundation, visit www.tbf.org. Follow on Instagram at BostonFDN and on Facebook at the Boston Foundation. You can follow Dunamis on all platforms at Dunamis Boston. That's D-U-N-A-M-I-S Boston. Or visit us at DunamisBoston.org. Until next time, and thanks for listening. Stay creative.